0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake.
1: I want potato Arts and entertainment. I
0: like it. There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly.
2: I'm
1: hot today. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. I am Kevin Hart, your host. Got a great show for you today. Got State of the Arts with Gus Gordon. Then the return of Way Out Wednesday. Then my interview with Scott Richardson, who's putting some radio plays on The Legacy's Facebook page. And then Bottom of the Bargain Bin. It is all coming up, but first let's jump right into it with Gus Gordon and State of the Arts perfect. Uh, the, the gala is coming up this weekend, just a couple of days, and we've been seeing on Facebook, on Hoagland's Facebook page, um, uh, sorts of pictures of the different stars that are going to be in the gala, and productions they've been in, movies, TV shows they may have been, and how are things going on that, uh, leading up to it, how are you, you putting everything together, how are things going?
3: Well, thanks for asking, it's going really well, um, we're putting the finishing touches on the special, it's going to be one hours long, one hour mm-hmm. long, rather. And um, we're we're taping everything in advance, and we're streaming it live. Well, not streaming it live. We're streaming it at 7 o'clock on Sunday. It will be pre-recorded, And uh, we'll be on Facebook and YouTube answering questions and and interacting with people who are watching. But you can watch it on our our YouTube channel. Just type in HCFTA on uh, YouTube, and you can find that. And then it's on our Facebook page. Just type in Hoagland Center for the Arts on Facebook. It'll take you right to our page. We're going to do a Facebook live premiere and we're really excited. We, we have put together a great group of performers, a lot of stars that have appeared on Broadway for years. And I think people are really going to get a lot of entertainment out of this and hopefully at the same time, um, be inspired to maybe make a donation to the Hoagland. Um, this has been a really tough time, no shows. So this is taking the place of a show for us. And, um, we we appreciate everyone who has reached out to us and who's interested in seeing this production.
1: Good and yes, I'm, I know a lot of people definitely will be and are excited for this because we noted uh, last time the the galas, um, which, which are wonderful. The galas are you know usually you bring a uh, one star from Broadway or television um, and bring them. To either do a show, do a do a concert, but they have all you guys have all these different performers from summer right. some are even Springfield Natives, some of them that have been around the country doing all sorts of performances. and
3: And the common denominator is they've all appeared on Broadway. all right and at one time or another. and uh, we've got some people who have been there for years. We have some newcomers. you mentioned Springfield Natives, We have Courtney Young mm-hmm. who grew up in the area with the ballet company and the Muni and the theater Center. And we have Lindsay Ariel Grimble, who also grew up in this area, performing at the Muni Theater in the Park and at the Hoagland Theater Center. And we're thrilled to have both of them back, and we're thrilled for the success they've had in their careers.
1: Uh, Coming up also uh, at the Hoagland, um, Spirit of Lincoln has announced their uh, dates for their streaming performance. um, Their show ticks for you will be the 14th and the 15th. But on the 13th, they are doing a... um, first come first serve i mean for buying tickets of course a vip sort of uh socially distanced in-person viewing of the movie in theater one uh which is going to be very um interesting um and they've they released some pictures as well from the from the production on facebook and uh they look wonderful and um i know the one uh, so it's and so that is also going to be coming up. Um, right. So that, that'll be November. The, November 13th and, and it, 14th. It will 15th. be
3: the first time we've had um, an audience in the building. Right. Yes. And the catch is we won't have the performers on stage. It'll be the, the taped version of the show that the, the VIP crowd will be able to watch. We just have to, you know, reduce the risk factor. Right. So we'll have 45 people, 45 tickets, uh, theater centers selling 45 tickets. It'll be spread out throughout the auditorium. Um, We're just all trying to, you know, have something to do. Some of the arts come back in a safe and responsible way. And we thought, well, this is a good way to do it and and to have an audience come in. Um, That way you don't have any singers who are, you know, projecting to the back of the house. You just have a movie screen.
1: Make sure... Um, you guys are able to, if there are still seats available, because I know they were going fast, if there's still some seats available for the in person performance. Um, you might want to get on that, but otherwise, it of course will be available for streaming the next two days, the 14th and the 15th, so you guys will be able to watch what I'm sure is going to be a great production as well. Um,
3: Right, right. Ken Bradbury. It'll remind you. It'll remind you of a great politician. Yes. Um. You know, Abraham Lincoln, our favorite son, Mm -hmm. and it's about how he impacted the lives of many people within his lifetime and then beyond.
1: Yes. So that. And I think
3: we might be in the mood for positive politics by that time.
1: I yeah. I I, I think you know, you know, we just might be. You know, (laughs) one of the only politicians will be excited to. See, uh, you know, not going too much into that, but yes, people will be very uh, excited to see that. Um, and then uh, we were talking a little bit off air. You are in rehearsals for Dracula right now, which is another production that will be coming up around the Halloween That's right. season.
3: We're um, we're taping on Monday night, mm. and this will be broadcast next week, uh, Thursday the 29th, Friday the 30th, and then Saturday, October 31st, Halloween itself. Mm-hmm. We thought, what a wonderful, you know, thing to do is to bring this socially distanced version of Dracula. It's staged as a reader's theater or um, a radio show from the 1940s, so we're all standing at individual microphones spaced apart, and it, it's a very safe way to do it, and no audience involved in the theater, but then it'll be broadcast our, on our streaming service, the show ticks for you, and it'll be airing on October 29, 30, and 31st, so people can Get their Halloween fix in with some uh, spooky stuff from the '40s and a great story of Dracula. This is a wonderful adaptation, and we just have a, a stellar cast of people who have put it together, and um, it's just great fun to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it sounds it, and it's it's always. I remember this was uh, this was brought up when the, the la- uh, I think STC did the uh, It's a Wonderful Life radio play, and right. I was. Uh, it, you know i i didn't really know Some, somebody had told me that um of course something like dracula which came out in, the, the movie came out in the thirties and then the, right. uh, it's a wonderful life was the forties. But, you know, before, of course, home video, long before home video. And, um, you know, p- I mean, people could own film reels, I guess, but that'd be super expensive. You know, the, the sure. and if people couldn't even see the movie physically, that these movies were literally just adapted into radio plays, um, with, you know, the Foley sound effects that Mary Myers will be doing. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I always thought that was really interesting that they, you know, they, they had these radio versions of a lot of popular movies in it is really cool, you know. Guys are doing Dracula around a Halloween time. I, I just I think it's sure. so fascinating. Well, you can to go me.
3: back. You can go online and look up radio shows from the forties, and you yeah. look at the Lux Theater. Mm-hmm. Lux was a, a toilet soap of the era, which was basically mm-hmm. just bathroom soap, right? Um, and they did a lot of these adaptations. Campbell Soup did a lot of adaptations as well. Wonderful Life, The Wizard of Oz, uh, all the big movies of the day. They turned into hour-long radio versions. So, yeah, that was kind of a cool thing that happened back then, and, you know, this isn't necessarily, if if we were going to do a full production of Dracula, we'd have special effects and costumes and, and blood-sucking and all of that stuff, but because of the situation, we're doing it a little differently right. to keep everyone safe, and, uh, again, we're just trying to find uh, workarounds to provide some entertainment this uh, this time of year.
1: Yeah, and it's... and. You know, like it's, it is, it is very, uh, it is very good for, you know, this time of being socially distant and everything. And it's a cool piece of, uh, like a, you know, a little preservation of history. This is how, you know, right. this is how this would have was presented on the radio, um, and doing it that way. So I, I do, ju- that is very cool. One thing also that'll be, uh, coming up around Halloween, uh, is the, Rocky Horror Picture Show is being shown at the Route 66 Drive-In and that, the proceeds, some of the proceeds of that will go to the Holcomb Center for the Arts as the live Rocky Horror Show. I mean, that was, that would pack the house every single performance, uh, for the past, right. like, 10 years they've been doing it. Um, so if you are, if you are missing Rocky this year, which I know a lot of people will be, you can, uh, head out to the Drive-In this weekend and I'm sure you will see a lot of, uh, Theater people, a lot of people that have been in involved with the productions uh, will be out there, um, you know, yelling at the screen. Everybody will be right. got the got the um, the uh, the the prop bags, and it's going to be a great time. and And it will benefit partially uh, the Hoagland Center for the Arts, so that will be a great thing right. to do as well.
3: Yeah, Illinois Times is putting this together, and uh, James Bankford, who works for the Illinois Times, called me up and said, "Hey, we're thinking of this." would you guys like to be involved? And we said, well, of course. Yeah. So they're presenting that at Route 66 drive-in Friday and Saturday, uh, two performances each day. And there is a midnight showing both days. Mm -hmm. You need to go to um, Illinois Times to get your tickets, though. That's important. Right. And a dollar uh, will be donated from each uh, specialty drink that they're serving. I think there are four different specialty drinks. So that'll be kind of a cool thing. And uh, People can, um, you know, do the time warp again mm-hmm. in a responsible way in the comfort of their own cars. And right. if they're gyrating in their own cars, that's their own business. <laughs>
1: yep. and Because um,
3: it's the pelvic yeah. thrust that really drives that you really insane. That really drives you
1: insane. So I've been told. Yes, well, you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard maybe once or twice as well. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of sad news, but also a celebration of, of life here is this uh, a titan of broadway marge champion at the age of 101 has passed away she wow she choreographed and helped direct with her husband gower champion all of these uh i mean too many musicals that i mean if we listed off all the musicals we'd be here tomorrow like i mean just right you know all the different things she did and um i shared on facebook one of my favorite uh stories and it's on the Probably like the, the, the deluxe or whatever the new edition of Bye Bye Birdie's cast album is, is that when they were, um, workshopping the show out of town and the out of town tryouts, um, that put on a happy face, one of the, you know, Star numbers of the show next to, you know, the telephone hour, of course, um, is that right. they, th- that was like an act two and it was completely different staging and it wasn't working. And they were like, well, we're just going to cut the song out of the show because it's not working, which he I mean, can't Ooh. even imagine. I mean, that song is big is such a mainstay in. You know, pop culture, even now, I mean, they, you know, it was in like the, like the Joker trailer, I think. I mean, it, they still, this, this, you know, this song is, you know, and ev- like everybody covered it. And, you know, March Champions, the one came in and she said, well, let's put it in Act One and Dick Van Dyke is cheering up these girls who are sad that, uh, uh, you know, that Birdie's going into the army. And then it became like one of the biggest numbers in the show. And yeah, that's in that little, uh, you know, that little, uh, bit of an interview, or maybe it was part of a concert, they put that on one of the cast albums. That was always, you know, a fun story to me, and it was great to see that one of my favorite songs was saved from being dropped on the cutting room floor and maybe being, you know, put back into the TV movie or something, but, you know, something like that. Yeah, no,
3: March Champion was uh, just a champion of the arts. Pretty much, yeah. She and her husband, Gower, they starred in many movies, MGM musicals, probably the most famous would be Showboat, Mm -hmm. where they played Frank and Ellie. And I actually saw March Champion in person at the St. Louis Muni. Wow. First year I moved into town, 1990, I uh, traveled down to St. Louis to see one of my first uh, St. Louis Muni shows, and it was a musical called No, No, Nanette. Oh, and uh, March Champion show. played the lead, or one of the leads, yeah. and along with Van Johnson, another MGM musical star from years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was absolutely charming. She did a tap dance for um, I Want to Be Happy oh, yeah. and just... Stole the crowd, and if I'm not mistaken, this is before my time. But March Champion was a part of a show um, that was shot at New Salem. It was a TV movie. Hal Holbrook, I think, was part of it. March Champion, and there are a lot of um, there are a lot of our our theater veterans from that era, from the 70s, who got the chance to be extras on that. And March Champion apparently was just a delightful woman, and she would keep track of some people, and you know, keep in correspondence. So um, yeah that was kinda cool to see that she's a as nice a person as she is talent.
1: We're gonna take a short break. And when we return, way out Wednesday Nothing will stop the
0: return of...
1: Way Out Wednesday.
0: Wow Wow
2: Wow P word. P word <laughs>
1: welcome back to way out Wednesday I'm Kevin I'm Mike and we have something that'll definitely make people say wow is people like putting up their Christmas decorations a little early you that know. they do
2: especially during this pandemic people yeah. are so excited just to bypass everything else and go straight to the old Christmas
1: yeah well there's you know there's a study one time that said you know p- people feel uh, more happy more upbeat if the Christmas decorations are out. In advance. So, you know, let people do it. I had Christmas lights strung up on my wall just as, like, not so much like a night light, but, you know, just, you know, like a nice little mood That's one thing if
2: you're doing a Stranger Things thing. But putting your Christmas decorations up before your Halloween decorations
1: bugs me. But to each their own. To each their own. Now, now I know some of you out there uh, like to half-ass your decorations, and that's fine with me. That's the American way. That's the American way. And, you know, uh, but instead of... Actually, or should I say, in addition to half-assing, you can now literally half-ass your Christmas tree by buying half of a Christmas tree. Half a tree. Half a tree. They cut it right down the middle, and you just put it up against your wall. i got a picture of it. I'm going to put it up here. It's just right up that, against your wall
2: there. That seems genius to me. The reason being is because the toughest part of the Christmas tree a lot of the times is wrapping the lights all the way around it because you're trying to, like, snake your way and, like, limbo around and, like, do that, like, Tom Cruise, like, Mission Impossible thing to try to get around the back of the tree. Yeah. This, takes, this gets rid of all of that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it for a second.
1: And then the people don't see some of the things on the back of the tree, and you're like, oh, I this ornament, but it's back the here. The problem
2: for parents, though, is now you have no place to hide the hideous self-made, <laughs> like, handmade ornament your kids make. Isn't where it? you go, yeah, it's going on the tree, and then you yeah. shove it in the back where no one ever sees it.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's...
2: Yeah, exactly. Now it's going, there. Yeah, now it's going to be decorating the trash, kids. It's going to be decorating <laughs> yeah. the trash. Speaking yeah. of trash, uh, this guy seems to be trash. Anyone that steals from somebody else is trash, yeah. in my opinion. And especially when your name is Malcolm Pike. Ew. This guy, yeah. This guy over in, uh, in Europe decides that, you know what? He's just going to go ahead and steal from someone's garage. He steals a bunch of equipment. Uh, and in the midst of stealing said equipment... Leaves his backpack behind. They call it a rucksack.
1: I love... It's like the BBC. They left a rucksack behind. They had a rucksack. Anybody can come kind of walk back him on a go you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. you know what I mean? uh, Yeah, top of the morning to you, Governor. You
2: rucksack here. Yeah. Kicked you right in the rucksack. That's what Malcolm Pike deserves, a kick in the rucksack. Anyway, long Mm -hmm. story short, inside the rucksack was his name and address. Um. So it made it very easy for the authorities to find Mr. Pike. And not only that, but the stolen goods he just left out in the open. He's like Mr. He's Mr. Pike's a terrible thief. He is. A terrible he person gets. and a terrible thief. And he gets what he deserves leaving his. That's what he doesn't. Kick to the rucksack. Right in the rucksack. Rucksack. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sacks, sacks of food mm. from McDonald's. Apparently, over once again, we go to Europe where they have the triple cheeseburger All right. over there. And you would think they'd be happy about it. But this is 2020 in the world we live Nobody in. Nobody can ever be happy. No one's ever happy. So they complained. Fans were furious. That the burger looked nothing like the ad. Let me ask you this, Kevin. Have you ever gotten anything from any fast food restaurant or even any restaurant in general that looks exactly like the ad or the picture? Never. Well, the real world. Exactly. And in most of the commercials, spoiler alert, it's not real food. No, they they just make it they, they get you Look at it as edible as possible for you to buy their triple cheeseburger.
1: Yeah. And they have the before and after and like I'm looking at it and honestly, that looks better than some, some of the burgers you get and some of the fast food. I mean, it's it just looks so, so light. happy
2: you have a triple cheeseburger in these trying times. Yeah. Don't complain it doesn't look right. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? It's going to end up looking the same
1: when it comes out the other end. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah, we got that right. Now, I tell you what. People can never be happy. I'll tell you somebody who's not happy. Dr. Phil. But now, wait a minute. Isn't he supposed to solve all our problems, Kevin? Well, he was. See, he was supposed to, but. He, well, he was not having any of this. Uh, he's on He's on a lot of social media. I don't know if you've seen this, but he, he tends to post memes and interact with a lot of young people. Um, it's oh, he's hip with the kids? He's hip. He's down with the kids. Ever since Catch Me Outside, how about that? Yeah. He's they, like, oh,
2: this is something I can I can go ahead and take advantage he's of. He's like, yeah, those, those will in. Great, uh-huh. you, Are you calling my audience hoes? Is that <laughs> you calling my audience hoes? There so are a bunch of, they're a bunch of hoes, guys. Is yeah, that <laughs> So what? So what's Dr. Phillips said about then? Here on social so, media?
1: So people are all, all up in uh, all up in his social media, calling him daddy. Right? That's calling what they him want to call daddy. Him. Calling him daddy, and uh, he's he gets on TikTok and he says this: You have to stop commenting, daddy, on all of my posts. That didn't go over well because if you take a look at the comments, now oh, you know people are still. Uh, nah, that's yeah. that's what we're calling you. When Sorry. You, yeah, when you tell the internet not to do
2: something, the internet is going to do the exact opposite.
1: Gonna break for news, and when we come back from Ghost Light songs to ghost stories, Scott Richardson tells us all about it. <music> This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on WMAY. I'm Kevin Hart, and I am talking once again with Scott Richardson from the Legacy Theater. Scott, how are you doing? Hey, Kevin. I'm great, thanks. Good, good. So, the uh, the success of the Ghostlight uh, songs, the series that you guys were doing on Facebook, you guys have just concluded that recently, and there were a hundred songs by local performers, um, all sorts of performances. Um, how how are you feeling? Um I mean I I know it's, you know, it's it's done now so it's, you know. You know, just how just how are you feeling now about that?
0: About the ghost light songs? Um, you know what? It was really really nice. It was very spirit uplifting yeah. for I think for the community, it was uplifting for the performers that participated and it was even uplifting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we started it back in I think March you know, we had no idea that we would keep going, you know, and conclude in October. You know, at in March, we thought we would hopefully, you know, the theater would be back open in the summer, and we would be doing our production of The Music Man, and we had a full slate of offerings for the fall, and that changed, so... Wow. Um, you know, we we ended up doing a hundred and ten ghostlight songs. Yeah, with uh, I think it was set seventy performers. Maybe we did it for seven months, every weekday morning at ten o'clock, and it was really fun. We we definitely would have people log in every day at ten o'clock to see what the song of the day was, and and you know we got all kinds of notes and wonderful comments, and, and it was it was really fun. So we had a great time doing it, and uh, so then we thought, well, we'll. We, we finished airing everything that we had recorded, so we thought, all right, well, let's just take a pause on that, and we'll do something a little different for Halloween.
1: All right, and that you guys are doing a little something different. And if you guys missed any of the Ghostlight songs, they're still available on the Legacy Theater's Facebook page. You can go back and watch all of them, any of them you want. But uh, what you guys are doing now, uh, tell, us, tell us what's going on now over on the Legacy's Facebook page.
0: Well, we've, we've gone from ghost light songs to ghost stories, <laughs> and uh, what that is, is um, we're basically just airing vintage radio programs Ooh. from the 1930s, 40s, 50s. Um, you know, we, we've sort of unearthed this treasure trove of old radio programs, um, and so we're, we're airing things that are, you know, spooky, mysterious, macabre, in honor of the season. Yeah. Um, that was quite a big deal back in the 30s 40s 50s were these sus- suspenseful radio drama theory yeah. and there's probably oh my gosh two dozen different theories that aired on on various networks across the country and there are folks who have you know made it their passion to unearth these old recordings and so we started on Fittingly, October thirteenth, mm-hmm. um, with our first one, and so these air uh, every day, mon- you know, Monday through Sunday, every every single day mm-hmm. at eight eight p.m. A different ghost story goes up, and they're typically about a half hour long, right. um, and and they're just really fun. And they've been they've been well received.
1: Good, and are they are they different um, like episodes of? of one series are they are they are you guys going through days or is it like okay we're playing this episode this week and the next episode next week because I'm thinking of the um uh it's one of those really popular uh radio programs was the um Orson Welles War of the Worlds which people um which people confused for like an actual uh like you know like an alien invasion or something and uh, that exactly, was that was always exactly. fun to me and, are you guys and we
0: will we're going to do that one nice. um Good. i think we're doing it on the anniversary of the original airing, which I think is October 30th.
1: Oh, that's awesome!
0: Don't don't hold me to that, but it, it is coming. Um, sort of in honor of that, the first episode that we aired was also an Orson Welles piece, um, which was called The Hitchhiker. Okay, uh, which was which was really cool. Um, but to answer your question, we're we're not we're not doing like a serial yeah. where it's you know episode one of such and such a story on this night, and then tune back in for episode two, right? it's every night is its own concise little short story.
1: All right. Well, that's, that is,
0: and, and we're using, you know, some from the, there's a, there was a radio series called Suspense. Mm -hmm. There was a series called Escape, uh, one called The Whistler. Uh, there was the CBS radio mystery series, you know, there, so there's all kinds of different series. And so we're sort of cherry picking from all of them. Uh, you know, sorting through all these episodes, trying to find ones that are really cool.
1: All right. And that's that sound that does sound that sounds super cool you guys are you guys are doing that. So those will be playing they'll be playing through um October thirty first. Are they gonna go into right. November or anything or just just for the rest no, we're of the month of October? Conclu-
0: we're gonna conclude on Halloween night. All right.
1: All right. Sounds very good. So once the Ghost stories conclude on October thirty first. Um, what do you have uh, planned going forward? I'm, I'm sure you've, I mean, I know. Oh.
0: I, I thought maybe I thought, oh, don't ask what's next because I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll we'll probably you know take a little pause and regroup and come right. up with some other you know fun thing to do. But for right right now, I I don't know what's coming up really. Uh, we'll probably do something for the holidays. Right. Um. You know, maybe it'll be ghost-like caroling. I don't. I oh, have yeah. literally no idea. That's um, a good idea. You should do that. Yeah, but it'd be you know fun to to do something like that. But uh, you know, in the meantime, we're just kind of chugging along over here at the theater. We've got some behind-the-scenes projects going on, some renovations and, and technical improvements uh, to the theater that we've been doing while we're shut down. So at least we figure. We feel like we're putting one foot in front of the other and making some sort
1: of progress. Right. Yeah, you know, this is I mean, you know, the, you know, this time has been uh you know, a good time all around, but anywhere to, you know, do do any uh little improvements you've been you've been putting off for a while, you know. That's Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. exactly.
0: So you know, at least those things are getting done and we're we're trying to plan for the future. We just don't know when the future is going to commence.
1: Right. Yep. We are all uh waiting to see when that is going to be but it yeah. will come and uh we will get through all this and exactly movie theater. so if you guys have missed any of the ghost light songs they're still available on the legacies facebook page and make sure you are tuning into their page every night at eight o'clock was it
0: eight o'clock every eight, night eight, monday through sunday
1: every, yes every for the night
0: ghost light for the ghost story
1: you got the ghost stories. And we will be checking back in with you soon, Scott Richardson, to see what will be going on at the Legacy Theater next. So thank you so much well, for joining me. We will both be surprised, okay. whatever that might be. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thanks for talking <laughs> to me. Okay, Kevin. You bet. Thank you so much. You. Bye-bye.
1: we going to take a short break. And when we come back, bottom of the bargain bin with Komodo. It's time for a spooky, scary bottom. The Bargain Pin Natal Feature Welcome back to Bottom of the Bargain Bin. Alright. This movie, Komodo. It's a movie about Killer Komodo dragons. They kill people. That's oh that's about it. That's the movie's plot. It's a little more intricate than that, but that's the crux of it. One family is missing.
2: They found my grandson covered in blood.
0: And the survivor isn't speaking.
2: What do the police say?
0: Now a psychologist will uncover the truth. Nothing to tell. Them Conley folk vanished. By going back to the nightmare.
1: Um, this movie came out in 1999. Came out right after the remake of Godzilla. And you can tell because the VHS looks eerily similar. And by eerily, I mean they kind of ripped it off. Uh, It's got the eye. It's got the green scales around it. uh, Similar to Godzilla. But... Of course, Godzilla was a better movie. Which is saying a lot, because 1998's Godzilla was one of the worst Godzilla movies. A pretty bad movie all around. However, a movie about killer Komodo dragons seems to be an odd choice. Um, These
2: things won't eat. Anything faster
1: than they are. (laughs) Uh, it's It's a very creative choice. You know, there's a lot of movies about dragons, but, you know, Komodo dragons don't come up a lot in movies. Uh, there's there's one in Skyfall. You know, James Bond fights a guy and uh, tricks a Komodo dragon into eating him, but uh, other than that, I can't really think of any other movies with Komodo dragons in them. The movie touts that the special effects team of Jurassic Park worked on this when it really was just Phil Tippett. First of all, Phil Tippett's an amazing special effects guy. It's the special effects for RoboCop one and two and Jurassic Park. Plus, they got one of the writers from Anaconda. Oh, uh, okay. Anaconda is better than this movie too. Uh, th- this movie's kind of boring. I gotta be honest with you. This th- this one was hard to think of things to say because really, not a whole lot that I, I would consider to be funny material for a review like this. I couldn't find a whole lot of it. A good chunk of it's in the trailer, to be honest. And I did watch this movie. I own the VHS. I'm not just taking stuff off the trailer. But really, uh nothing happens uh, until about ten minutes in. And this kid is his parents and his dog get eaten by this Komodo dragon. It's it's pretty horrible. Those they just Snatches up this dog. There's a featurette at the end of the movie where they're like, "Oh, it's not actually a real dog, you know." He just, but uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta kill a dog right at the beginning. So then the main plot of this movie is this little kid, a little kid about like 15. Since his family's dead and his dog's dead, and they've been killed by these Komodo dragons, he's in a mental hospital, and the psychiatrist, played by Jill Hennessy, she was one of the only good things in RoboCop 3. Uh, she plays the psychiatrist, who's trying to figure out what's going on with him, and the best way to do that is to bring him back to this uh, this this house, the site where this massacre happened we got to figure out why he's like this and you know no sooner do they go back there than the komodo dragon starts eating people and they find out there's a bunch of komodo dragons there and so they're running around this island and then we get these two goofballs who were these hunters and they're like well maybe uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're maybe dumber and they're smarter and of course that is obviously what happens with them things are getting smarter either that or we're getting dumber komodo dragon snatches people up out of the floorboards of the house It's pretty interesting <laughs> you know uh, this is also one of those movies that was kind of the weird uh st- between cgi and practical effects it was uh started in the in the mid 90s early to mid 90s when they really started to use cgi more prominently in in motion pictures but this has a a pretty healthy blend of both and while it, it's certainly not the best CGI. It is a lot better, especially for a straight-to-video movie like this one. It did have a limited theatrical release at the Toronto Film Festival. I'm surprised it didn't get booed out of the festival. <laughs> this was pretty bad. But, you know, it had a limited theatrical run. But mainly, if people saw this, they saw it on the home video market, whether it be on DVD or especially VHS at that time. Once they realize there's more than one Komodo dragon, they're running for their lives... These hunters want to kill him, but of course, they're still trying to find out what happened to this boy and why he's like this, and he still feels grief. And they reveal, surprise, surprise, guess what? You're never going to guess. Guess what happened? It was the oil companies. They knew this. No, this is really what they do. They go into this talking about this is the oil companies. They're the ones that they knew this happened 19 years ago, and they infected these These Komodo dragons and. It was the oil company. They covered
0: the whole thing up just to protect themselves. The
1: the, the boy is at this point. This is really late in the movie. I know I'm jumping around, but honestly, this movie's kind of boring. And I'm just I'm going over the exciting parts here for you. Uh, You know, the boy is he's turning a little Tarzan boy. He's not wearing a shirt. He's got like paint on him, and he's got this spear, and he's like he's like, no, I'm not going to go, and he's, you know, it looks like he's becoming one with the with the Komodo dragon, but then, you know, they, they're like, oh, actually, we're just kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll go with you. I don't want to be near these Komodo dragons anymore, and then we got this really cool guy. He lights a cigarette and throws it at the the Komodo dragon is covered in oil, uh, blows it up, and, you know, they uh, get in a helicopter and they fly away. But not before shooting a flare gun into the mouth of a Komodo dragon and blowing it up from the inside. Okay, that part was really cool, and that is one of the best, if not best, parts of this movie. It, it, the movie is free. It's on YouTube. Uh, actually, the movie's not free, I don't know, but it is on YouTube in full, so you can go just to the end of that movie, watch the guy... <laughs> Shoot the flare gun right into the Komodo dragon's mouth. It's really great. And that's it for the movie. Okay. I Look, I know I didn't have a lot to say about this one. I don't know. This movie was really terrible. And not terrible as in, like, bad. Because, look like at had good special effects. The acting was decent. But, man, for a movie that did not even reach the, like, 90-minute mark, it really was maybe, like, 83 minutes this was a slog. This was hard to get through. This was boring. I didn't really care. Ugh. Yeah. No, don't watch this movie. You ever see this? It's got the weird... It's It's got Komodo in these uh, these stylized sort of letters uh, on this Godzilla ripoff. Don't ever watch this movie. You just don't. The whole thing's on YouTube if you want to skim through it. It's, you know, pay for it. No, nobody wants to watch this horrible movie. Just skip it. Uh, watch Godzilla instead, which is already a terrible movie, but... A little more well-put-together than this one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bottom of the Bargain Bin. Today, we're looking at Roger Corman's The Terror. Very similar to his movie just a couple years earlier, The Little Shop of Horrors, this movie was filmed in two days. Most of it was, at least. They had a leftover set from the movie The Raven, and Roger Corman said, Hey, give me a couple of days. I can do this movie. So... He filmed a bunch of scenes of Boris Karloff walking around, Jack Nicholson walking around, and Dick Miller walking around. The result is this movie. Now, before I get into the movie too much, look at this DVD cover. Digitally remastered. Digitally remastered my ass. Look at this picture. This no, this is this is the actual Uncompressed video I took from the DVD. This is directly ripped from the DVD. This is not, you know, I didn't record my screen or anything. No, this is this is the actual quality of the video on the DVD. And you know, I could have just watched the Blu-ray of it, which recently came out and was a nice digital remaster. Nah, not gonna do that. This is the only way. I you know, I paid the two dollars to watch this movie on this DVD, so that's what I'm gonna do. So the movie starts out with a creepy looking castle and Boris Karloff just kind of walking around and then he sees a corpse and ah, that starts the movie. Then Jack Nicholson's on the beach just riding his horse and he comes across a woman who he thinks turns into a bird. She maybe does. And he wakes up at a house and he's like, hey, I recognize that bird. And the woman's like, nah. Eventually, Andre, that's the character that Jack Nicholson plays, he finds himself at this castle with the Count, played by Boris Karloff, and he asks to stay there so that he can investigate. Is this the best movie ever made? I'm going to just come right out and say no, but let me tell you what is one of the best things about this movie are the scenes with Boris Karloff and Jack Nicholson. I mean, these two horror movie icons uh, going back and forth some of their back and forth is just great so this movie's plot is kind of similar to dracula except instead of dracula sucking people's blood imagine if dracula just moped around his house waiting to die that's kind of what this movie is also this woman uh, can turn herself into a bird andre has to stay at the castle because his horse mysteriously went missing so once he gets his horse back and has a couple more squabbles with the Count, he is ordered to go back home. But on his way back, on that cliff that they had the money to use like for an hour probably, he runs into this guy who whispers all his lines. And before he can get to warning him, the bird lady comes down and pecks his eyes out. Oops! So Andre goes back to the castle to find out what the hell is going on. You know, I wish I had more to say about this movie, but I don't. I mean, there really isn't a whole lot that goes on until the very end. I mean, they just walk around. They just walk around this castle and occasionally see the Bird Woman, and you can't go down into the crypt, and that's about it. (laughs) It's cool to see Jack Nicholson this young in a big leading role like this. I mean, a lot of people know him, his first, you know, one of the first movies that he was in was Roger Corman's Little Shop of Horrors, and although it was billed as Jack Nicholson stars in Little Shop of Horrors, he is only in one scene, and you know, when the movie was in the public domain, that was an easy way to sell the movie, was to put Jack Nicholson's face on it, but he is the main character in this one, and he does a pretty good job. It's very early on in his career, and you know, he plays a type of character you maybe wouldn't expect. It's cool to see, and Boris Karloff course, just doing his thing, and it's great. And we also have Dick Miller. If you don't know who he is, he's been in a lot of different movies. He was also a Corman regular, and here he is in The Terminator. He is the butler, Stefan, who talks with a New York accent. So Boris Karloff is constantly trying to either bring back his wife, talk to her, or he wants to be with her forever, and she keeps manifesting herself in this form of a bird, We later find out that he had a very troubled past. And by troubled, I mean he found his wife with another man and he killed both of them. But then we find out later, later, later in the movie that the man who was sleeping with the Count's woman is actually the Count. And he's been him the whole time. And this old woman from the beginning of the movie has been controlling this bird as sort of an apparition of the woman. Don't worry, they explain all of this in a matter of, like, two minutes near the end of the movie. Until then, you can watch everybody walk around the castle. Again. And again. I must say, this movie does have a great musical score, and you know, I wish this uh, terrible DVD I had had some sort of stereo sound in it so I could hear it better. But, nonetheless, it's still nice to listen to. Boris Karloff finds the only way he is able to be with his wife again is to flood the crypt and let himself die so that he can be with her. But when he gets down there, he finds out surprise, surprise, a corpse doesn't just perfectly preserve on its own. Somehow was shocked by this. (laughs) I don't know why. So then Boris Karloff has a fight with the ghost. Her name's Helen I should mention. As the crypt continues to flood, Andre goes in and saves her and brings her out because he's been searching for her this whole time oh how heroic and then she dies and her face melts off that's the end of the movie barely even reaches the 80 minute mark I tell you what, nobody made movies quite like Roger Corman did, and it's it's hard to think of a time when somebody like Jack Nicholson, a household name who you know from movies like Batman, The Shining, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's hard to believe that there was a time when nobody knew who this guy was and Roger Corman gave him a chance, put him in several of his movies. And these movies that Roger Corman made, sure, we can sit here and say, oh, the set's terrible, oh, it's a terrible, awful movie, and it's fun to laugh at them. But uh, he made these movies quick, he made them cheap, and he loved doing them, and like I said, he gave people like Jack Nicholson a chance when no one else would. So I commend this movie very much, and honestly, I'd recommend it. It's, uh, It's a nice little creepy movie to put on late at night. And don't worry about buying it. I spent money on it, but uh, this movie, I believe, is in the public domain, so you can probably find it on YouTube. So yes, I would recommend The Terror from 1963 you missed a segment hello hello (laughs) anybody home you can find it at wmay.com slash arts and entertainment you can hear the full show some of the clips some of the things you might not even hear on the air
2: interactive appetite searching for a website a window to the world got to get online take a spin now you're in with the techno set you're going surfing on the internet
1: thank you once again for listening in i'll see you next week here at 11 a.m wmay